Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying your week. I, uh, thank you for spending time with us. Um, uh, what can I say? It means a lot to me. And if you're here for Ming-Na Wen, I hope you'll stick around. I hope you'll like the interview enough to say, hey, I'll give this guy a chance and listen to other episodes because I think you'll learn something. I always learn something. The guests learn something. So I appreciate you guys listening. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Ryan, tell them about where the, the handles are. Oh, they can find it at at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast, Instagram, Facebook. That's exactly right. right there. And if you want to join Patreon to help the podcast in other ways, keep people like to give, and uh, I appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash inside of you. I'll send you a message after you join. There's a lot of tiers, a lot of great things to Patreon. It's become a big family. A lot of people have made friends on it. So many people have become friends. And uh, anyway, that's uh, a lot of fun. And uh, I will be at the Motor City Con with Tom Welling. We're doing a Smallville Nights. So get your tickets. Go to Motor City Con. And uh, that is uh, October, like the weekend of the 15th, whatever that is. Cool. Yeah. So that'll be fun. It's always fun to do a convention with Tom and, you know, meet fans and um, all that stuff. Do Smallville Nights, act out scenes. Um Today's guest, Ming-Na Wen. I mean, you know her from The Mandalorian. She's Fennec Shand. Uh, I believe she's on the Boba Fett series that's coming out. Uh, she's so open and honest, and I really like how she opened up, and I wasn't sure she would. So thank you, uh, Ming. You are amazing, and I love having you on the podcast. She talks about meeting Mr. Rogers when she was on Mr. Rogers' show and doing soap operas and Street Fighter and Mulan and... She's done just about everything you can imagine, and she's really fascinating, and I think you're going to enjoy this. So let's just dive into it. Let's get inside Ming-Na Wen. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Ming Na Wen, now. Hello. Ming Na yes. Wen, now. Haven't heard that one before. Damn. Ever. Ming Na Wen, never. <laughs> what have you yeah. not heard? What? Like, give me three that you've heard. What of Ming Na Wen? Or just uh, how people have effed your name up? Oh, Ming Nay. Like really? Like do you call Tina Tina? Do you call Donna, Madonna, Madonna? I mean, come on. It's so stupid. Ming Nay. Um, what, are, what, are, what are the ones? Oh, Na Wen. Of course I get that. Oh, Ms. Na Wen. Oh, uh, yeah. You don't like it. You don't like when people mess your name up. Well, I mean, you get used to it, you know. Yeah. You, Rosenbaum, come on. Huh? Rosenbaum. I heard so much shit when I was a kid. Rosenbaum, Raisin Bran, Rosenboom, uh, really? Rosie Palm. But see, like my name, it's spelled exactly the way it sounds. Yeah, Ming Na Wen. Yeah, Rosenbaum. 
I mean, unless there's an accent over the A, people could say Mimi. I mean, the only name that shouldn't be pronounced correctly is your first name. Michael. Michael, because it's not spelled in any way, shape, or form the way it sounds. That's if true. If you really look at it. It's like Michael. Michael. Michael in Spanish. In Spanish, I think it's Michael. Okay, people are probably yeah. tuning out now. Where are you, by the way? Um, I am in the only room currently in my house that I uh, that's not been broken into. I'm I'm in the middle of a massive remodel. Right. I mean, are you in New York? Oh, that. <laughs> I mean, which room are you in? Like literally. Uh, everybody's oh, oh. <laughs> Ming's in her uh, her, her uh, back room. Oh, that's great. I meant where where like in New York, right? No, I'm in LA. You're in LA. Well, why don't you just come here? Because I don't have to travel. I was literally <laughs> moving boxes and furniture and all sweaty like an hour ago. Oh, it's and so, so nice I just jump into a shower, blow dry my hair, threw on a little lip gloss, and then meet you. See? Well, I couldn't do that if I traveled. Well, I've had the pleasure of meeting you many times. Yes. We, met, we met at the cons. We always have a laugh. You are really like, I don't want to say a dude, but you're like so cool that <laughs> really? anybody can come up to you and you could just, you, 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 you throw whatever right back at them. You just got this quick energy about you. Well, okay. <laughs> Is your husband kind of the straight one and you're kind of like, uh, he, you know, you're the. It, it depends on, it depends on the situation. It really does because he could do stand up. Really, if he wanted to. Really? Why? Why do you think he's that funny? Or Oh, yeah. He's he's very funny. That's one of my requirements is you have to be funny. Well, how long you have you known him? him? How long have you been married? We've been married, oh, <laughs> 90. I have to count. <laughs> Over 25, let's say. Because I love how you say that's my requirement. Like you get married every two years. It's not a requirement. You've been together for 25 years. This is like, well, if no, you... No, we've been, we've been together for 28, maybe? What wow. year is it? Almost 30. Did he hit on you or it did just you... Just 28, Did I guess. he hit on you or did you hit on him? No, it was the strangest... We met in the strangest way. Literally, it was because of Joy Luck Club. Um, they were doing a special screening of Joy Luck Club in LA and I had just come out just to try out what LA was like because I was a New Yorker. And um, I don't know why I didn't ask my agents at the time for car service to take me to the screening. Right. Um, and you know, back in those days, you don't have GPS, you don't have cell phones, you don't have, you know, you remember the Thomas guides? Oh yes. I still, I never could read those. <laughs> like, I never could you read know, them. Okay. So, um, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know where to go really. And, you know, it's not like New York where you hail a cab and you just jump in and you go somewhere. There was no Uber right. really back in those days. So I called up the people that I knew. And one of them was my acting teacher from Carnegie Mellon. And um, he said, I can't take you. Let me find a nice Chinese boy to take you is what he really said. <laughs> was like, well, he doesn't have to be Chinese. <laughs> like literally he was setting me up. Wow. Well, he was, he was my, what, what is it? What, what do they do? Tinder? What, what? I guess Tinder or uh, Raya or Bumble. 
or what's the what, other whatever. one? Whatever. Yeah. So he was that for, for me. So you and, got hooked up and like, how did he charm you? Well, he, when he was driving you around, right? Yeah. Well, he was driving me to a screening and he thought I was like an extra because like, why would somebody <laughs> need a ride from a total stranger? <laughs> right. And uh, so we get to the theater and um, all my other girlfriends, the other actresses, you know, from the movie, um, I hadn't seen them in a while. So we all wanted to have dinner because we'd already seen the movie a couple of times. So I ushered him off with the public. I'm like, okay, go enjoy the movie. I'll see you after. (laughs) And he was literally my ride. And you didn't think he was cute or anything? You weren't even thinking like that? I didn't find him that attractive. All my, my other girlfriends found him very attractive. Because for me, in my mind, I literally thought he was just a dude that was giving me a ride to the theater. Right. I was very New York. I was a total New Yorker, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we got together and, uh, you know, ended up talking for like three, four hours. So so you ended up marrying your driver, falling in love with your driver. <laughs> yeah. The, I met him and he was a sweet guy, good looking man. Thank you. And I yes. met him at a convention. He right. went with you to a convention. Yeah. Does he not? Does he enjoy the conventions, or does he choose to stay at home? No, I did not marry a geek. Surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, so opposites attract, you know. Opposites attract. Yeah, he real he he he's patient, but uh, he doesn't really get into all this stuff. How do he you might- feel? How do you feel about cons? How long have you been doing cons, and how do you feel about them? Well, you know who who um, introduced me to cons is um, 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 oh my gosh, I'm so tired and and dehydrated <laughs> that <laughs> why am I blanking out on who introduced General Ad- Ad- Adama? <laughs> um, who <laughs> who introduced you? Wait, say it again. That's hilarious. Wait. <laughs> People like this shit. This is fun. <laughs> oh my god, I am so having a senior moment. You're great. You're you look fantastic. You're doing great. This is this is uh you just being you, having fun. Edward James Almost. Almost. <laughs> he's going to no, me. he's not. He's not going to listen oh to this, God. first I am of all. So, I'm so funny. Well, anyways, um, Adama. I'm just going to say <laughs> General Adama. General Adama. obviously, that's all I associate him with. With Battlestar, right? Yeah, uh, Battlestar. Right, 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 right. That's who we played. Um, we met at a con, and he brought this up. And, you know, about, well, you, do you do cons? And I'm like, mm, I don't want to do cons. It just feels weird, you know to like sign autographs and take pictures and, and have people pay for it. But then he's like, well, do you pay for a concert? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, no one's putting a gun to their heads. You know, it's like for them, it makes their day. And for you, it, you know, you get to connect them, connect with them in a different way. Yeah. And, and you just started doing it. I think that's what happened to me. I didn't know what to expect. And then, when you go there, I, I was always what you call a geek. I was always the guy who went to conventions to get autographs and get toys and things like that. And so when I was able, when they asked me to go, I was like, really? I'm going to do this? I can't believe it. I was nervous that I, they, you know, I couldn't imagine anyone showing up to get my autograph. And 
it was pretty fascinating. And then I felt like they're here because this is a vacation to them. They're taking the weekend off to see all their the people that they enjoy, to buy, to cosplay. It's just like, like yeah, it's just fun. It's so much fun. So yeah. I, I totally get it. And now you've been doing it for how many have you done? You've probably done 100. No, no, I no. But you've done a lot. I've done a lot, but not 100. And like, do you like them? I love them. I love them. I love being able to like be with the fans and the craziest thing is when they cry in front of you. Tell me about like, this. Like you're the Beatles or something. And it's, it, it's this moment of, wow, I've made some impact on certain people's lives. That's kind of cool. You know, have you ever cried back? Were you ever touched where you cried or you teared up? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. what it was? There were several. So um, there was this one gentleman who um, actually gave me a very special necklace. And it was like a Greek coin. And um, and it, it's sort of like it, it protects you and gives you strength and power and confidence. And I was like, no, 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 you can't give that to me. That's for you. Because it, it meant so much to him because it's given him so much that sense of confidence and, and, you know, because we're all geeks and we're all like introverts really. Um, so, and I was like, no, 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 you can't give this to me. And, and he's, he's, you know, he started crying. He's like, no, what you've done in your, you know, as Mulan, as, you know, all these characters has really been so impactful. And I started crying because Aww. he, he was just so yeah I, lo I treasure that necklace and the coins for confidence yeah it's like confidence and strength that gives you could i have the coin sure i could use some sure. of that. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to me now it was just <laughs> meaningful it was a moment it was a moment <laughs> it's past Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify you've heard me talk about Shopify it's because i use Shopify I love it. It's so easy to use. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Why it's so easy is when I want to add a product, you just go to your Shopify page and under products, you hit products. It says add a product and then you go in there and you add a picture of your product, which is self-explanatory right there. A little description, how much it weighs, how many of the item you have, and you're ready for business. It's so easy. And I say that because I can do it. And the analytics are easy to see what your best selling product is and, uh, you know, what's not selling. So you don't reorder things that aren't working and, it's just so easy to use, and I uh, I really dig it. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Yeah, I sell T-shirts and, and tumblers and scripts and 
whatever you want to sell, it doesn't matter. You can do it on Shopify. Once you start selling, Shopify makes getting paid simple by instantly accepting every type of payment. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You've heard me talk about BetterHelp, and it has helped a lot of people, a lot of my friends and family, and uh, it's just so important. I, I find therapy to be so helpful in so many different ways. A lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I've been using this stuff, Ryan, for focus. Uh, I just feel better, a sense of well-being. If you want to help resist aging at the cellular level, you got to try Qualia Synalytic. Um, have you heard about Synalytics, Ryan? Uh, I have a little bit, but why don't you tell me about it's it? It's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago, and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity, but let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why we use Qualia Senolytic. If someone would have told me that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I, you know, I wouldn't have believed it. And then I tried Qualia Senolytic. And just to let you guys know, I was trying this stuff before they became a sponsor, and I've said this before, but it's important to know because I love this product before they were the, uh, our sponsor, and I felt like it was working for me. I felt like I had a focus. I just felt my memory, everything, uh, sense of well-being. I just felt better, and um, I know people, listeners that have come up to me saying how much it works for them, and... I like that. I like that it's it's not just me that notices the effects, but everyone else around me. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with the middle age feeling, also known as zombie cells. 
They are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. It's kind of like pruning and the yellowing uh, of, of dead leaves off a plant. Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And you get a 100-day money-back guarantee. Um, like I said, my energy levels are up. I feel younger when I take it. I feel more focused, less aches and pains, and Lord knows I have those. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Now, look, you've done so much. I, I, I couldn't believe how much you've done. I mean, Mulan and Agents of the Shield and Joy Luck Club and Street Fighter and Mandalorian and now the Book of Boba Fett and ER. And it goes on and on and on. And you don't look old enough to have done all this shit, first of all. But you, you're in the Marvel Universe, Star Wars, Stargate. I mean, you're kind of living the dream in a bit. I mean, you're living my dream. What does it feel like to have done I, all this I, stuff? Yeah, I, I don't know. I pinch myself every day. I don't, I, I mean, I'm just always so thankful for all of it. Is that how because you go it about really, it? It really shouldn't happen to, well, you know, the double minority, right? Asian, woman, and now, you know, ageism. I mean, it shouldn't be happening, like, really to someone like me who had to learn a second language, you know, coming from a different country. Like if, if it's any, um, if it means anything to anyone, because it means so much to me, but if it means anything to anyone that you can achieve and fulfill your dreams, it, it's that, you know, just, it, it's truly like the American dream story. It I, is the American dream story. It's just it a really it's is. a great dream. I mean, it's 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 a reality for you, and it's it is yeah. it's amazing, and you deserve it all. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. I, I really it's still it's sort of like an out of body experience, and I can't explain it any other way. Like every time I look at pictures, you know, you go to work as a professional, right? You go to work. It's your job. You've got to. I mean, I geek out for about five, ten minutes when I'm on set because there's always these new toys, right, right. you know, and these new images, and and so I'm always like like a kid in a candy store, just going crazy. And then I got to remind myself, oh wait, well Tem, Temuera, <laughs> he'll remind me. But <laughs> well, it's you know what's amazing to me is yeah. that. I mean, I look at the story, and you were born in, is it Macau? Mm-hmm. In Macau. That's not too far from Hong Kong. And your mm -hmm. parents divorced at a young age, and you moved to Hong Kong with your mom and your brother. Right. I mean, that's the beginning of the story. And already it sounds like, how did all this happen with your life? Right. You know what I mean? I mean, how was it? Did you, was it tough as a kid 
growing up? I mean, was your father present at all or was it just mom and brother? I mean, he came to visit us. I keep hitting this pole. Um, <laughs> he came to visit with us every so often, but um, yeah, it's, hmm. I don't remember him very much. I did meet up with him again because when I was in my 30s, I felt like, you know what? I really should try to, because I kept his last name. I'm the only member in my family that kept Wen, which is my real father's last name. When my mother remarried to my stepfather, who I consider my tr my true father, right. for some reason, they didn't bother to change my last name to his, which was Yi, Y-E-E. -E. So I could have been Ming-Na Yi right. or Ms. Na Yi. <laughs> <laughs> Good throwback. Good callback there. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I mean, how weird, like my mom just forgot. I don't, <laughs> I really don't. Maybe it was expensive. Maybe to change a name was like too costly. And she's like, screw yeah. this. I mean, my, my older brother changed his last name, like in after college because of the business. My, my parents ran a restaurant. Huh. Chinese in, in by Pittsburgh, the way. right? In case you're wondering, it was a Chinese restaurant. A Chinese restaurant in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, right? right yeah. Right. So I don't know. It's like I was the I was the only when growing up. Wow, it, makes, it, it, it makes is sense. it is odd. And it, then it's so odd. Well, and so then, I, I think yeah. I think part of me probably wanted to get back in touch with him. So and how old were you when you got back in touch with him? Like I was in my thirties, and you reached out to him. Yeah, what? and I felt really bad because Michaela was around too. So he kept looking at Michaela like Michaela was me, my daughter. Right. And uh, and I felt really bad, but I mean, literally, you know, he was the biological father. I had, I, I hate to say it, but I really didn't have any connection to him. You didn't really feel anything. No, I mean, I, I felt sorry that his life ran a course that, you know, made things difficult for my mom, but was I don't you, know. Yeah, was your mom upset? Uh, I'll leave her out of it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll leave her out of it. That speaks volumes. You know, the Chinese, we don't like to really lay out our dirty laundry. Well, it's just, you know, it's kind of like what happened and it's it's life and it's interesting and a lot of people have those journeys where they don't know their father that well. They don't know their mother and they grow up and how hard that is for them. And Did you have a normal childhood? No. Oh. <laughs> I was just dis uh, dysfunctional as hell. I mean, my parents, I mean, I love them. I've learned to just uh, accept them for who they are and, you know, I, I love them and I think they, they try, but, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it was difficult. There was a lot of dysfunction in the family, but you know, my dad didn't leave. He said, I stayed there for you. Kids. Look how unscarred you are. <laughs> I love how you laugh. I love how you laugh right after that. Cause you know that I'm scarred. <laughs> it's like, you already know me. Let me ask you this. I mean, we're not in this business because we're sane. Cause we're Let's normal. We're not normal. We're not normal. No, we're not. What, I mean, how you moved to Hong Kong and what makes you start to think I want to be an actress? I don't know. My mom said I always wanted to be, I mean, she, she saw it in the stars, like, or in my nose or something. And she reads faces. Do you know the Chinese? We read faces. No, tell me about that. 
So there are people who look at your face. Yeah. And they'll look at your, you know, the shape of your lips and your eyes, your, and they're able to sort of predict certain things about your future. So for me, apparently my nose. <laughs> your your was, nose was I it. was destined for the arts. <laughs> I have an artistic nose. So you have a great nose. Thank you. Yeah. It's mine. It's yeah. yours. That's, that's no, good. Yeah. I, I, I should probably get something done with mine, but I'm not going mm-hmm. to. But what, did mom, in, so mom influenced that? She Did she take you to acting class as a young girl? No, she did everything she could to dissuade me from the arts. Yeah. Wait a minute. Even though know, she was the well, one who thought one, you should be an actress. One. Do you know with with Asian moms, you know, like any sort of like music, acting, drawing, writing, those are hobbies. <laughs> they're not they're not to become a profession that you make a living off of. So, um, yeah. And and of course, like for her, all the horrible stories that she's heard about actresses having to sleep their way to the top you know she didn't want me to too late mom no (laughs) (laughs) i did it all i did it mom i'm on top of the world um jeez no so yeah so she did everything to dissuade me so so what did you do what was like the first thing you remember doing that you wanted you took an acting class or what was it that got you going an Easter play in An Easter play. And what did, who did you play? Do you even remember? I think I was like Thumpy. Thumpy? Yes, a rabbit. Did you sing? And no, I came on stage and tripped and fell. And everybody laughed. Were you supposed to trip and fall? No. But I still enjoyed the reaction. So much so that I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. So I want to make I want to make people laugh. So after the show, you tripped and fell. And then you said, Mom, this is I want to act more. And she's like, you tripped and fell. (laughs) You were terrible. (laughs) What was it that kept you going? And so that that applause, that applause, that laughter got you to the next thing. So what was the first thing where it's like she started to allow you to start? You started doing this more and more because you moved soon after. Right. You didn't live in Hong Kong that long. No, no, no. Um, my mom met my father, my stepfather, and then we moved to New York and then moved to Pittsburgh. So. And when you moved to Pittsburgh, that's when things started and I happening? I had a very heavy New York accent. No, you did not. Oh, yes, I did. Because I learned English in New York. Queens of all places. You talked with a really, because I was born I in Long Island. A real, if I'm drunk or angry enough, it sometimes comes out. Let me hear something. Like water. You know, go get me some water. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I had a very heavy How did you lose accent. that? By going to Pittsburgh? Carnegie Mellon, my dear. Carnegie Mellon voice class. <laughs> yes, voice and speech class. You, yes. you were in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, do yeah. you remember it at all? Do you remember Fred Rogers? You know what's so sad is that I remember everything, and I, I'm – the fact that we didn't have cell phones back then and I didn't bring a camera is it, it, it was it just breaks my heart because it was incredible to be on that set. I don't know how to turn this thing off, so you're going to hear that every so often. Sorry. 
But how there's probably a switch in the side of the phone. Is it a phone? No, it's the computer. Oh. So what was it like that you remember being on set of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Well, first of all, Mr. Rogers. What'd I say? He's he's exactly the way you see him. I mean, just sweet, kind, quiet, soft-spoken. And I thought he was a little crazy at first because I would hear him behind the castle, King Friday's castle, like talking to himself. What was he saying? But I didn't realize he was just running the lines with his puppets. Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) How old are you? (laughs) I was in college. (laughs) Wait a minute. You're on Mr. Rogers and you're in college? Yes. They needed some trumpeteers. (laughs) And um, so me and two of my classmates volunteered and we got to do it. And you, wow, so you have a vivid memory. I thought, I was like, wow, I can't believe she remembers all this. She was a young kid. You were not oh, no, a kid. No, I, no I, was, <laughs> I was 18 years old, and I thought Mr. Rogers was crazy. <laughs> like, but, I literally, I'm like, he's talking to himself a lot back there. And did, <laughs> did he really talk so slowly and sweetly and calmly? Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it was incredible, yeah, yeah, to be on that set. Yeah. And how many things had you done by 18 years old before you went to Carnegie Mellon? Were you already doing plays in high school? I already had my equity card. Really? Mm-hmm. And is mom still trying to dissuade you at this moment in time? No, she takes all the credit. Now she takes all the credit. I mean, back right. then when you were 18, is she like still trying to say? No, as soon as I, I got into Carnegie Mellon and she knew that that was a very, because, you know, it's Pittsburgh. It's one of Pittsburgh's most prestigious yes, college. big, big right? college. So... When I got into Carnegie Mellon, then she realized like, oh, well, first she was like, oh, American school is so easy because <laughs> because she didn't think that you could get a degree in acting. Like, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say because my daughter got in. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, she got in for acting. <laughs> so she thought that that's the easiest thing. It's a lot of work. But it's like she cannot believe that. This prestigious university gives out degrees for acting. (laughs) (laughs) So you started doing a lot of plays and she would come see you? Mom would come and support you? Yeah, yeah. And did she see the talent? Did she say, you're good? No. No. She never said, Ming, you're amazing. No. Really? Is that just not, is it the culture or is that just mom? It's mom. Yeah, it's mom. Has she always been? But now she, you know, now she, she says I've gotten, I've improved tremendously. (laughs) Is that what she tells you? You've improved after all these years? Yeah. Like when, when Mulan and Joy Luck Club came out, then she was like overwhelmed, you know, but before then she just, she was worried for me. Do you ever bring her on set? Yes. How does she like that? She she tries to understand. You know, like, I mean, she, she's very, pr- but, but it's almost like an alien world to her, right. you know? So I don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's almost like, I mean, you've brought your friends or 
your relatives to the, the set. The board after an hour, they're like, are you doing oh this scene gosh. again? Are, right? Oh my like, God. They're excited for like 10, 15 minutes and then they're excited about craft service. And then like they watch you for the first two takes. And they're like, great. <laughs> and then by the fifth one, they're just like, oh, damn, I got to go. Yeah, they're like, acting yeah. sucks. It's uh, boring. It, yeah, it's exactly. Did, did you were there a lot of Asian Americans at Carnegie Mellon in the acting program? No, I was one of the first few ones. Yeah, that actually got in and, and graduate. That actually graduated. I think too. Did you get roles that weren't Asian that they were going to give you a chance at? Were you given that that opportunity to do plays and roles that were written for white people or whatever? No, not really. In fact, I had to go in and have. Had it, we ha I had a conversation with the guy that hooked me up with Eric, going back, Mel Shapiro. He was actually the head of the department. He wasn't just one of the teachers, but he was the head of the department at Carnegie Mellon. And I, I literally, in my um, junior, no, senior, in my senior year, I was like, you know, Mel, listen, my mom and dad's hard-earned money to pay for the tuition so that I could get, a, you know, a good education before I go out there. I, I need, I need to have bigger parts, you know, because I was always delegated to the smaller roles, right. maybe because I wasn't good enough, <laughs> according to my mom. Or maybe you were but, talking like this still, you were talking like that. No, you had to no, lose I, it. I wasn't, I wasn't. <laughs> um, but, but, um, you know, but I, I was, I was very bold now that I think about it, but I just felt like my parents' money deserves a, fuller education. Yeah. And so I, I told him that. And I and he and you know what his response was? What? He was like, well, it's gonna be like that in the real world, Ming. Ugh. That I would be delegated to small parts. I was so pissed at that point. And that was the that, mentality then and, and just until recently, right? I mean that's Yeah. So I turned it around. I said, well then I need to get bigger parts in school so I could have a better chance. I need more experience in school right now than these other people that you think are going to breeze through and get, get the parts. And did you get that opportunity? I got bigger roles, but I don't think I ever got the lead in, in many things. What was the biggest thing you got after? It was Carnegie like a one Mellon. act play where I got to be a lead in, in, a, in, a, in a group of one acts. Oh, and at Carnegie? Yeah, like it was a French farce or something. that. But not a main stage. But not main stage, no. And that always pissed you off? No, it just made made me, I think it helped, you know? It made me feel like, you know what? I'm going to prove you wrong. And then he hook, hooks me up with this nice guy, so I can't be mad yeah, at him. Yeah, I mean, your husband, so. <laughs> what was the first big thing you did after Carnegie Mellon? I've never been drilled like this before. This is so weird. This, you don't like this? <laughs> Is this what a podcast is? This is this we is what the podcast. Back and forth and shoot the breeze. Like I'd ask you, like this well, is, you, you can go, ask me. Where'd you go to school? Where'd you go? To I school? went to Western Kentucky University. I got in with a two point two GPA. Um, I not did, impressive. Yeah, not impressive. A two point two is almost half of four point oh. Almost. But, but this is what the podcast is. You talk about how someone got to where they are. How oh. how that happened and what they deal with and anxiety and life and what life throws at you. Like, this is really amazing to hear how much you had really? to fight at Carnegie Mellon. Yeah, this is what people want to hear. This is what the podcast is, man. It's facing oh. adversity. and uh, Can I tell you, this is like one of the first, 
I don't think I've ever really done a long, long ass podcast. Really? Yeah. Do you hate it? Huh? Do you hate it? No, no, no. (laughs) But I, I, I feel like. This is like the Spanish Inquisition a little no, bit. No, no, it's just getting to know no, I'm you. Just I'm no, just kidding. No, I know, kidding. I know. But like, you know, let, let me ask you this. What yeah. was, so what was the first big role you got after after uh, Carnegie Mellon? Um, I went to New York and started doing off-Broadway theater. And I was like with the Manhattan Theater Club. I was with um, Playwrights Horizon. I Circle was in with, the Square. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like I would just dilly dally, but like my first big was uh, as the world turns. It was a soap opera. Now that's a hard thing to go into because that's a lot of lines, isn't it? It is. It really. It, it's like one of the actors called it meatball surgery from uh, from Mash, because like literally just like you know in out in out like just you just. Was that nerve wracking learning all those lines? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I was just having so much fun, you know, it was like, and it was great because the, the one thing that Carnegie Mellon didn't teach me and Carnegie Mellon taught me a lot. I mean, I really owe a lot to that school. I, and, and all my, all my classmates, we keep in touch with each other. You know, we had a very special class and, um, so, you know, I don't want to trash it too much because they'll probably hate me for it. <laughs> but they, but Carnegie gave you the confidence to, to do all this. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I mean, okay. Here's the other thing. I have, I have a daughter now that goes to college right? and I did not realize that the program that I was in at Carnegie Mellon actually is not the normal college experience because it was almost like a repertory, uh, company or I mean literally I would be going to class like 8 30 you know voice and speech class 9 30 uh dance 10 30 I mean we the had curriculum classes they had a curriculum we had a curriculum till 3 p.m then we had rehearse we had to rehearse with door and then we had to do crew Oof, which is you know a whole other evening so like literally I was going to school five days a week and then weekends too like constantly like 10, 10, 12 hour days. And my daughter would be like, oh yeah, so I have, um, oh, I made my schedule so I could have a four day weekend. <laughs> and uh, I have two classes on <clears throat> Tuesday. That's my long day. I'm like, what? Completely what are di- you paying for? Yeah, what are you paying for? It's such a scam. Like. I feel like I really got my money's worth, even with the smaller parts, because we we learned to dance. We learned to do like stage combat. We learned, I mean, so much, right? so much. And, and, and I can't believe that that's not the normal college experience. Inside You is brought to you by Rocket Money. Boy, Ryan, have we talked about rocket money a lot. We sure have. Well, it's something that is easy to talk about because it's saving everyone, including myself and you, money. Did you know that nearly 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about? Before I started using rocket money, I thought I had about um, 15 subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for 20 subscriptions each month. 
Between streaming services, fitness apps, and delivery services, it's never-ending. Thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. In fact, had this trial period for something that I was consider using. Mm -hmm. And then you go in there and you realize, oh, add-ons are $4.99 or this is $3.99. And then you want to give it a shot. So you kind of add these add-ons, which add a hell of a lot to what you're originally spending. And then you forget about it for like three months. Mm -hmm. You're like, what am I doing? This, this should be against the law. But the closest thing you could do uh, then to fight these claims is have Rocket Money do it for you. Uh, with Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you. And I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits. Plus, they'll even help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. This is what I need. I need people like this in my life. I need apps like this in my life. I need Rocket Money in my life, Ryan. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How much it's, combat did you have to learn for like Street Fighter or even Mandalorian? Like how much work and how much of it do you do? Do you like to yeah. do it? I love to do it. Well, Street Fighter was one of my first big action like experience. And I mean, we would train two hours in the morning and then we would train two hours in the afternoon. And then, you know, like, so we would do jogging um, and aerobics in the morning. And then we, in the afternoon we did, um, stretches or or fight moves and then in the evening we like you know just trained with weights and stuff i mean that it was intense was it fun playing chun li yeah it was you liked it how did you like working with van damme 
because I hear so many things. In fact, I hear from every act. I mean, there's just so many stories out there. Was it just, I mean, you don't have to elaborate or you could elaborate if you want. Again, I don't think he's listening to this podcast, but was it interesting? Was it funny? Oh, yeah. what, well, what? I mean, he was a huge star. Oh, yeah. Back then, you know. And, and I mean, between him and the, the late Raul Julia, like, it was, I mean, I felt like I, you know, I hit it big. So, yeah, he he's he's very charming. Very, charming. very charming. Yeah, he's very charming. Yeah. That's what you'll say. That's what I'll say. That's what you'll say. Charming. <laughs> was he there for all the scenes? Was he always there and giving you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, he was, he was definitely there for all the scenes. Yeah. So. That's pretty amazing. And on ER, I got to ask, I mean, did you even work with George Clooney? Yeah. You yeah. did. The most amazing human being. How, how every long? Time, every time you mention his name or like, or I see him on something, I, I just smile. I'm just so happy for that man. He is truly one of the nicest superstars in the world. Nicest guy. He doesn't even have to be a superstar. What was He's it just, about him? Like when you're on set, what do you recall that you just remember him so vividly being so kind and nice? What was it about him? Everything. I mean, he is always just, I remember, I remember I had to do the Tonight Show and he was also a guest, you know, and you know how like, because he's the bigger star, they always have the bigger star first and then they leave. Right. Well, I was like ready to piss in my pants. I was so nervous because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really more an introvert. I thought I was an extrovert, but I'm really not. <laughs> and so when this kind of stuff happens, I... I, I, I get very nervous. And so my publicist, uh, he apparently like knocked on George's door and told him that I was really, really nervous and was about to like just throw up and not go on. And so George, knowing that he stayed instead of leaving, like when I, he stayed what? the whole time on that set with me, just in case I, you know, like, he was just. He just, stayed in the chair. He didn't leave as the lead yeah. guest. Yes. On the Tonight Show. You know, just like little subtle things like that. That. And he's done a million other like on set. He's just. Do you remember him being hunky on set? Sure, but I think he's hunkier now. You like the older George? I think so. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was he was he was hot back then too. How how long have you been a Star Wars fanatic? Um, ever since it came out. Ever since 1977? 77, May 22nd, yes. Well. Well. How about that for some precision? Yeah. <laughs> so you're always, so if I threw out something like, can you name three bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back? Could you do it? Oh, you're evil. I couldn't even remember Edward James almost. <laughs> IG-88, Bosk, Boba Fett. Um, yes. But you've always been a huge fan. And like I saw all these clips of interviews back when where you were like, I just want to be in a Star Wars movie. Some interview or some con, I want to be in a Star Wars movie. It's something like that's always been part of you since you were little. Yeah. Yeah, and, and always. always, always, always. The force will, the force will be with you. Always, always. Yes. And always. did you audition for the Mandalorian? 
You didn't even audition. So did. Which doesn't happen very often. No, no. Yeah. But I, I don't understand. So is it one day you're at Starbucks and you get a call from your agent and your agent says, I think you're going to be in a Star Wars. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give some credit to extraordinary women, extraordinary Asian women who support, you know, their sisters. Um, I was at a party and uh, throwback to Joy Luck Club, um, Tamlin Tamita, dear friend, amazing human being. She knew what a huge Star Wars fan I was. And at that party was Deborah Chow, who was directing Mandalorian. And she came up to me. She's like, you have to meet Deborah. You and, and she knows everybody. She's like, the, she's the social butterfly, which I'm not. Like, I don't even know how I succeed in this business. Seriously. I don't schmooze. I don't. Because you're charming and you're talented. I don't, know, I don't know anyone. No. You're, you're, you are one of the most charming people I have ever encountered. Oh. You light up a room. Immediately light up a room. I'm not just saying that. When you are in a room, everybody gravitates towards you. You have that it. That's what it is. Okay. But go oh. ahead. Go ahead. So I didn't know that. So she introduced you. So she introduced me to Deborah. Deborah and I just started talking and we hit it off and, you know, and then she's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, mention you to, you know how people say that and you don't Never believe it. Never happens. And sure enough. Yeah, that's. Do you remember the day? Do you remember the moment? Where were you when you got the call? Oh, wow. That's a good, I don't remember what happened yesterday. No, um, <clears throat> I remember getting um not a call like it's so weird our managers and our agents like they just email stuff but i think they did call me that day and i read the script and at first i was a little sad and concerned because you know fennec shan dies in the script yes in the script and i was like gosh i've been holding off for so long you know what is it like 40 years. But hang on, hang on. Your first reaction should have been like, yes, yes. I, oh yeah, totally, totally. My first reaction, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm reading it, I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh yes, yes, yes. She's an assassin. <laughs> and she gets shot in the gut and dies. It's like, oh, it just like broke my heart. So, totally so what did heart. you do? You went to set and were you, did you, did you mention it? Like, do I have to die? Did you talk to anybody? No, no. What happened was like, you know, I had a, a lengthy conversation with John Favreau and Dave Filoni, two of the most, and again, they're, they're in the caliber of George Clooney for me, the nicest human beings, you know, the kindest, creative, just, just saints really. Um, so I, I had a long conversation with them and just loved the take that, you know, they were going with it. And so I, I go on set. I'm like, you know what? This might be my only opportunity. I, I got to do it. Right. So yeah. I did. And I go on set and the costume was amazing. And, you know, I worked on the hair idea with Maria and we were like really being creative about this character because I'm like, okay, if it's only going to be one episode, I'm going to make her like stand out, you know, I'm going to have this like really cool hairdo to go. It's really like, I, I really invested a lot into it. Right. And I was so excited. And, and um, 
the first time, like I was on the volume, not realizing what it was. And, and I got on set and literally there was like one rock and some sand. And I was just like, wow, this is like, you know, it's like, that's it. <laughs> back in the day, the black box theater. <laughs> where you, yeah. Where, 99 seater where you had like one man three boxes show. that yeah. turns into a table that yeah. turns into a chair that turns into your house, you know, there was just nothing there, but there you, of course, there's going to be a world in post. Well, I didn't know, you know, I was just like, wow, okay, not very impressive. <laughs> Did you say anything to anybody? Like, is no, this, is no, this it's really just, it? These are my inner nerd thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> and then they light it up and it was this, it was Tatooine with the binary sunset. And I freaked. I mean, literally, I teared up. I teared up so much. I was so overwhelmed with emotions. And then I asked the first AD, Kim Richards, who was this incredible human being. I'm like, okay, I know we're not supposed to take pictures on set, but you have to, you have to take this picture of me looking at the binary sunset with my one foot up like Luke Skywalker. And they did. You have that picture. She did. She, she like quickly took a few pictures of me. Wow. And that was my, 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 I will forever have that moment. I, I was just like, I cannot believe. You were a kid in a candy store. You you were back to that 1977 premiere of Star Wars. It's like, this shouldn't be happening. You know, it's so crazy. And so anyways, then Dave Filoni, who was directing this episode, Gunslinger, he saw somebody wearing yellow and black. And he was like, oh, those are the penguins colors. And I was like, oh, you're a fan of the penguins. Well, I love the Steelers. And he's like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. He's like, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm like, no. And he's like, yes. I'm like, where'd you go to college? And, you know, he went to a different college. I was like, I went to Carnegie Mellon. And he's like, "Uh, where'd you go to high school? I'm like, Mount Lebanon. He's like, I went to Mount Lebanon. And that was it. That was my... My golden ticket. <laughs> that was your end to for him to prevent death, <laughs> or try to because it wasn't it wasn't one hundred percent. But boy, I, read I was th- like, so maybe Fennec shouldn't die. You cannot kill an alum from Pittsburgh from Mount Lebanon. I <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're giving him the guilt trip, but at the end, the scene when you die, supposedly, it would be like you. You're wearing yellow and black. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when you're when you're dying there at the end, where you don't really die, but th- didn't I read somewhere where you started like moving your fingers or started? No, I, I suggest I'm like maybe we should do a shot where my fingers twitch a little, just to give you options during the final edit. <laughs> and when was it that you heard you're coming back? Um, a, a few months later. Yeah. How yeah. enormous of a reaction? Did I you was. I was like aghast. I mean, you know, it's just, it was amazing. I mean, look what you were supposed to die in the one episode. (laughs) And then you're in all these episodes and now the book of Boba Fett. I know. Did you know at the end of the final episode of season two when the credits came up and it said coming soon the book of boba fett what you knew before that right Hmm. i'm not allowed to say certain things <laughs> you're not allowed to say certain things 
Do you speak who tees? No. Do you know what that is? No. That's the language of the huts. So if you said yes, that oh, would be- Oh, okay. Who tees. But if you said yes, I perhaps- uh, You know, I've, I've always pronounced that huttees. Is it huttees? I don't know. Maybe it is. But I was going to think that if you said yes, that 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 means huts are on the show. <laughs> that, that sounds and like, hey, you, you want to go to who tees? <laughs> You want to go to who? Hey, let's hit who tees. It's two a.m. Get some beer. Get some beer at who tees. So you can't tell me anything about the book of Boba Fett. Nothing. Ah, oh, this water tastes good. You can't even tell me if you worked a lot. You can't tell me if you worked a little. You can only say there's the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Was Mark Hamill in those scenes in the in the finale of season two? Well, in we, a way, yes. In a way, I mean, was he on set? He was. Was that exciting for you? Had you met him before? I've met. I, you want to hear how I met Mark Hamill the sure. first time I was out in Hollywood? Yeah. You know Roger Corman, right? Of course. Have you ever worked on no. a Roger Corman film? Nope. That I didn't realize that that's like a, a real initiation into Hollywood is to work on a Roger Corman film. So I, I worked on a Roger Corman film. See, see, this is what I mean. I don't know how, because I don't know anything. I don't know people. I don't know, I don't know histories. It's so funny, but okay. So Roger Corman film and Mark was friends with Roger and uh, he came on set and I got to meet him again, no camera. Um, that was my first time meeting him. I was so excited. And then I met him another time at some, um, uh, either charity or some sort of dinner thing. Nicest guy ever. Oh my god! I, I love I love working Again, with him. We, we worked yeah. on some animation together, and oh my guy. gosh, the boy! Right? Yeah, yeah, you do a lot of animation. Yeah, I haven't done a lot lately, but yeah, I used to do a lot of animation. You've done a lot of animation. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Bad Batch, right? You play Fennec Shand, and so what's the difference, by the way? in bringing Fennec Shand to life in live action on Mandalorian and, and the book of Boba Fett versus doing the voice in Bad Batch. Obviously, you're not, it's, not, it's live action, there's a difference, but what, what do you like about both? Um, well, when Dave told me that that was gonna happen, it was gonna be like 20 some years younger, um, I was so excited because, you know, there's a chance to really develop her backstory. And uh, it's so great to actually have been the live action character because then when you do the animation one you know the character more and two it's so nice to just like go (laughs) (laughs) these are sound effects they ask you to do folks when you're doing voiceover and they go you hit a wall we need a sound of a hit and then you fall Uh, uh, there it is you drop you drop from up high and you land on something. <laughs> you said, I mean, if people were listening, not knowing what was going in that room, they'd say, what is going, is a throw up contest in there? <laughs> but it's so much easier it's so than actually fun. having to do it on set. Oh, uh, you don't have to put makeup on. You don't have to do anything. You just have a Sprite or whatever the hell you have. And you just read the lines. Well, during COVID we had, they, they sent all this like special equipment and the only place that I could do it where I had good sound buffering was our closet with all the clothes. And I did I did Bad Batch in my closet. Wow. 
It's the craziest thing. And the quality of the sounds, because we didn't really do any ADR. The quality was incredible. Did someone set that up for you? Um, yes, my, my non-geek husband. Hmm. Pretty talented. I don't think I could have done that. All right. This is called Shit Talking with Ming Na Wen. This is fast, rapid fire to wrap us up here. Uh, these are questions from my patrons, my level of patrons who support the podcast in other ways. Uh, go to patreon.com slash inside of you folks if you want to join. It's an amazing family. But right now, uh, Emily asks, what character do people say is their favorite you've done that people come up to you? Definitely Mulan. And now Fennec. Yeah. And oh, and Agent May. From Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Which you were on for many seasons. You've done a lot of episodes of television. Seven. Seven. Lots of fight scenes. Oof. Lots of fight scenes. Would you do another network television show that does 22 episodes a year, or are you sticking to streaming? You know, just depends on... The role. On, on that check. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It just depends on the project, really. I uh, love it all. Nico P., how awesome is it to go to work and kick people's ass for a living? It looks so cathartic. It is. Yes. Perfect. Nancy D., what is the role, either professionally or personally, that you hope to be remembered for? Mm, professionally? Yeah. What professionally? It's so hard to choose. They're like your children. They are. But what's you, the one? It sounds like Fennec Shand is like that. Yeah, that's, Fennec Shand. All right, I'll go with that. I just, because it is, it's it's my dream job. It's a yeah. dream job. You know? It really is. I mean, I would be, I, I told my agent for the last 20 years, well, it's been different agents. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I said, I'll be a stormtrooper. I don't have to be seen. Right. I'll that's be, how I, that's where it starts. Michael, you you keep dreaming that because for me I was like even if it even if I'm just a Jawa, because I'm not that tall, but even <laughs> oh, I would do it. I, yeah, oh, Dini. <laughs> <laughs> they're saying Houdini, aren't they? <laughs> yes, I think they're saying Houdini. <laughs> Ray H, who are your personal heroes? Oh, easily my mom for sure. Such a survivor. Um. And uh, I don't know. There's so many. It's it's hard to pinpoint. It, it's a well, mom. All these questions are so hard. They're, so they're, 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 they're great. You're answering them honestly. Dave Plavi yeah. says, when you come home to Pittsburgh, will your parents make you do work at the restaurant? Oh, always. Really? Yes, of course. Even today, if you went back, you'd work at the restaurant. Yeah, if they're busy and they need help. For sure. What do you do? What can well, like you do? My, you know, they have a, like this shrine, a little bit of uh, of a shrine, like with pictures of me and stuff and, at the cash register. And like when I used to come home and if I come in during lunchtime and they're super busy at lunch, you know, my mom would be, I mean, my mom doesn't work at the restaurant anymore, but if she, but she did back then. And she'd be like, Mina, Mina, help, clean table, clean table. So I'd be <laughs> like, you know. Wiping down the table, taking the dishes, going, yeah, there's a shrine. That's that's my shrine right up there. Oh man. This has been fantastic. Do you do you ever get anxiety? You ever deal with anxiety or anything like that? Occasionally, yeah. And what do you do to help you with that? Uh, sometimes tequila helps, but I don't <laughs> I say that either. <laughs> See what I mean? You are you're not an introvert. 
You're funny. I am. I don't think so. I think you're really funny. But you get anxiety and you probably exercise a lot. Yeah. Like if I have to get on the red carpet, I have to pretend I'm Beyonce. Really? You got to put this fake attitude on. Like I literally, I will go Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. Like I will summon her energy into me before I go. Like I'm, look, I'm sweating already thinking about going on a red carpet. I cannot do it. I really, I do. (laughs) That's my mantra before I get on. Is your daughter proud of you? How many kids? Do you have two? I have two. Yeah. Are they pretty proud of mom? Yeah. yeah, They think it's cool what you do? Yes. Do they want any part of it? And and I'm very proud I raised at least one nerd in my family. Who's the nerd? My son. He's a nerd. My daughter is not. Yeah, my daughter is not. She doesn't care about the Mandalorian. She doesn't care about this stuff. She, She likes it because now she's dating somewhat of a nerd so yeah yeah so she appreciates it well listen not into it like my my son is well, I, I hope you enjoy this because this has been, a, by the way, one of my favorites. This has been, a, Ryan, hasn't this been great? It's awesome. This is has it? been, you have been awesome. I don't realize, I don't think you realize how great you have been. You're so fun. and Because, well, you're, you're easy to talk to, but I, I felt like it was a one-way conversation and I feel really bad about that. No, that's what it is. It's me talking to you and you could, you could oh. always ask me something, but it's really about... Yeah. It's not like about people don't want to listen to me. They listen to me when I ask yeah, you the question. Like, I want to listen should, to you. Well, like, where sure are that, you right now? I'm at my house. You have, and, you have Indiana Jones. Is that your hero right there? No, I just like it. So you know, I just have an Indiana Jones and a lot of horror movie posters in my podcast room. So much fun, Michael! Thank yes. you for asking me to do I, it. I'm so glad I finally got you to do it. And um, when, when it's done, will you help promote it a little on your on Twitter or whatever? No, no not going to do that. No. no. I won't even remember. I'll be like Michael who? You? <laughs> Rosen Boom. <laughs> She's got a good memory. You notice that? How she just threw back to like an hour ago? I like that. But she couldn't remember uh, no, almost no, his last name. No, who's Ryan? Who's Ryan? Ryan's my engineer. And uh, uh-huh. he's over there uh, rocking it and, and making notes and uh, enjoying this interview. Is he paying you enough, Ryan, to suffer through these boring conversations about where an actor talks about herself all day long? Hands down, this has been one of the better ones. I will say that. This was a, this <laughs> well, is a really good one. Go. This was but great. But not the best. So uh, you know, You're up there. You're going to like this one. <laughs> there's still kidding. a lot of 2021 left. Yeah, there's still a lot of 2021. Listen, I don't want to take any more of your time. I love you. I think you're amazing. I'll see you at a con or somewhere. And thank Absolutely. you for doing this. A lot of people are going to be very happy. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking to me. Bye. Bye. I was afraid that she wasn't going to open up so much. I really, I've said this before with other guests, but um, she was. I I thought she'd be, I I think she was like, do people want to hear this? Do people want to, is this, I've never really done one like this. Is this, we're talking serious stuff. Are we... And I I like that about her, that she was just sort of like going, okay, if you think people... I'm telling you, I, I know you like that episode. Um, I certainly did. And uh, I thank Ming-Na Wen for being so open and honest. And uh, I see her at conventions, and she's always been great. And I'm glad I finally got her on the podcast. Did you enjoy it? She was fun. She was really fun. She was. Yeah, I thought it was a good one. Yeah, I did too. I think, um, you know, she texted me after. Uh, did I say, should I have not? Uh, no, it was, it was, you didn't say anything wrong. Until she texts me and say, you asshole, why did you air that? I don't think she would do that. But uh, again, thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode, I urge you to subscribe and um, 
write a review and uh, follow us on Twitter at Inside of You Pod, at Inside of You Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you could watch the show on YouTube. You could subscribe on Apple, Stitcher, and so many other ways, Spotify. So I really appreciate you guys uh, subscribing and all that stuff. And uh, if you want to join Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash inside of you. And uh, for ways to help the podcast in other ways, your ways, um, people give back. And uh, again, I say this all the time, but I couldn't do couldn't do the podcast without patron my patrons are phenomenal they're a family and i love them it was great seeing them in west virginia i was in west virginia and i got together and had some uh i got tequila shots for some of them and uh it was a good time yes also if you want any band merch from my band sunspin go to sunspin.com and a reminder our band, it's Rob's Birthday Bash. So we're going to be playing on stage. You can get tickets on sunspin.com. Sunspin.com. We're playing two shows October 9th, 2 p.m., 6 p.m. Great prizes, great music, great fun. It's Rob's birthday. Join us, guys. Please join us. Watch the band. Uh, you can also get tickets on Stageit, S-T-A-G-E-I-T, stageit.com. Type in Sunspin. It's a lot of fun. So now I'm going to read all the top-tier patrons. These are the people that, uh, as I said, give back to the podcast in so many ways. And these are the top tiers. Maybe you can become a top tier. I don't know. Here we go. Nancy D, Leah S, Trisha, Sarah. V. Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian. H. Mama Lauren. G. Nico, Jerry W, Robert B, Jason W, Apothe, and Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison L, Raj C, Joshua. D. I got to meet Joshua D. <laughs> Emily S. He was there. CJP, Samantha M, Jennifer N, Stacy L, uh, Jen S, Jamal F, Janelle B. Correct. J Carrie B, Tabitha 272. Kimberly E, I got to I got to meet her too. Oh, great. Yeah. Kimberly E, Mike E, Eldon Supremo, 99 More, Amira, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P, Janine R, Maya P, Maddie S, Shannon D. Belinda and <laughs> Kevin V, James R, Chris H, David H, Dave H, Spider-Man, Chase, Sheila, G, Brad, D, Ray, A, H, O-H, Tab of the T, Liliana A, Turd K. Turd K? I don't think K? we've said Turd K. No, we would remember Turd K. Turd? Are you sure it's Turd? Did we say that wrong? Someone going to not be a top-tier patron after is this it, week? Is it, a, is it a Norm McDonald shout-out? It could be. Michael Turd S. Ferguson? Is that what he says? Remember the Celebrity Jeopardy where he's Turd Ferguson? I don't remember. Michael S., Talia M., Betsy D. Hi, Betsy. Claire M., Laura L., Chat L., Rochelle, Nathan E., Marion, Meg K., Janelle P., Trav L., Dan L. N., Dan N., sorry. Lorraine G., Carrie H., Veronica K., Big Stevie. W. Kendall. Jenner. T. Angel M., Rhiannon C., Corey K., and the last list, Super Sam, Coleman G, Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Liz I, uh, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Sebastian K, Gavinator, Ann H, David C, Elliot M, John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, Bono or Bano, hello, The C, Joey M, Willie F, Christina E, Adelaide N, Jeffrey M, Bridget A, Omar L, or I? I would be just a straight line. Mm -hmm. Omar I... Lena N and Design OTG. Design OTG. Design OTG. Design on the go. Is that what that means? I don't know. That sounds pretty uh, intelligent. Sounds right to said. me. 
Uh, guys, I, I love doing the podcast, as you know, and I want to thank each and every one of you for allowing me to be inside of you today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for keep, you know, you, you tune in every week and it means the world to me. It, it truly does. And uh, I appreciate you. So next week's going to be another great episode. I hope you tune in. And uh, to all my lovable patrons, I love you. Thanks for uh, all your generosity. And thanks for just listening to the episode if this is your first time and you're still tuned in. From Michael Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. And Ryan Taylor's over here in the Hollywood Hills of California as well. And so I'll give a wave out there. Bye. We love you. Be good to yourselves. <laughs> we'll talk soon. All right. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What women binge wherever you listen.